Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. How often have you heard something along those lines, or you've had to tell your children that, especially during this time of the year? It's worth the wait. You want warmer weather? Well, you're going to have to wait for it. You want a dear friend or family member to get better or over a sickness? You're going to have to wait for healing to happen. You need peace in your life. You're going to have to wait for God's grace to surpass your understanding of the affliction. What we want and even what we need takes time. And it's good for us, for it is worth the wait. My hope today for this uh, text, for the Old Testament and the Gospel together, especially as we consider the, the first Sunday in, in the church year, in Advent, is for us to consider waiting in a simple way, expanding our, uh, our uh, catechetical horizons, if you will, on what it means to pray, Thy kingdom come in the Lord's prayer, and to consider what kind of king that we wait for in Jesus. Now, waiting is not something that we like to do. It's not one of our best human qualities. Impatience and immorality seem to be soulmates. We want what we want, and we want it now. You want to know how high Mount Everest is, or uh, what the, the score was yesterday. If you didn't go, what do you do? You open up your phone. Or I don't know if you don't really open up your phone anymore, unless you have a flip phone. Turn on your phone, and you Google it. You can find it out right away. You want your spouse to pick up an extra gallon of milk, so what do you do? You text them. You need something special, you order it overnight. Maybe. <laughs> With all the supply chains, I don't know. But you can order anything almost, and it'll become right to your doorstep as soon as you most likely want it. But for most good things, we have to wait for it. We're now in Advent, the season of the church here that anticipates Christ's coming, and it calls us also in this season to prepare for him. It may be beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Certainly, you can put up the Christmas tree, and you're welcome to spread Christmas cheer by singing loud for all to hear, but you're still going to have to wait for Christmas. We can do nothing to rush it along. The Advent season just doesn't blink an eye, and we're at Christmas already. We have to wait for it to come. Long ago did the prophets prophesy of the Messiah's coming. Jeremiah proclaimed the Lord's promise, not knowing when it would be fulfilled. We just heard these words. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. And as Jeremiah prophesied of coming days he would not see, Man lived in the midst of them until the time came where God brought a Savior to Israel, who is Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man. He is the righteous branch of David, whose lineage is from above and below, 
and whose coming is for justice and righteous on behalf of us on earth before the Father who art in heaven. On this day, on, on the day of his Jerusalem entry, we hear these words in our gospel concerning Jesus. The whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And today we await anew every Advent season that comes and goes. We are called to prepare for the coming of the King again and again with anticipating hearts and hands, patient but not idle, eager while avoiding self-indulgence, waiting for Jesus as did the prophets and disciples of old because he is worth waiting for. But since the fall into sin, our world is without waiting. We are eager to devour one another and do not hesitate to question God's love when he is seemingly far from us. In short, we have lost the worth of waiting and by impatience concede to the perils of our corrupted nature. We easily make a kingdom and a God out of the things we must have now and don't deserve. Sin has a way of laying to waste anything and everyone in its path. Man and all of creation is no exception at all. And while waiting may not seem like much of a virtue, it is perhaps one of the greatest of virtues since it is the least desirable of the virtues. Faith waits in the Lord. Hope waits in the Lord. Love waits in the Lord. With waiting comes anticipation, and anticipation exposes our expectations and our anxieties. Waiting draws us out into the open and reveals our truest self. We may find that at any moment we are at once joyfully anticipating one thing while in the next moment anxiously waiting another thing. This is because waiting is a, const is a constant temporal buffering between days and years and lifetimes. But from the eternal perspective of God, waiting is synonymous with contemporary time. This is how the prophets hope in Jesus without knowing when he will come, or how the disciples uh, hope in Jesus after his ascension, not knowing when he will come again. And how we wait until his second coming, not knowing when he will come again. Each in their own present time were confirmed in a future already accomplished from eternity. It might be said this way, that the advent we anticipate, the second coming of Jesus, it is not a matter of if he will come. It is a divine reality not yet realized in temporal time. So Christians wait with an eternal interpretation of the things we cannot see or comprehend. Relying on God's timing, we trust in his eternal wisdom that bears a peace beyond our understanding, no matter the thing that we wait upon. So our comfort is not in a future forged by blind hopefulness, but in an eternity which flows from God's own eternal nature. By the incarnation of Jesus Christ, 
Does the stirring power of salvation begin its course toward the cross and his resurrection? Coming to greet us is the promised King Jesus, who rescues and delivers us from all sin and all evil. Jesus comes to quell all fevered anticipation with his eternal grace, and the grace he gives are the evergreen gifts of redemption, remembrance, and reconciliation. So by word and sacrament, Jesus executes an undeserved justice and righteousness for our salvation, giving us a taste of eternity while we wait for him to come again or call us to our heavenly rest. Advent, then, is a season like any other in the church year. It looks, the church looks to Jesus for forgiveness, and we find it in him. He came to cradle our sins upon the cross, that in time we might forever join him in eternity by the mercies of his blood shed for ours. Today in Advent, we look forward to Christmas, but we can't rush it along. It is a snapshot of how we wait in Jesus and prepare for him too. We can't rush his second coming, but we can prepare for him now by repentance and faith. In this way, we can rejoice in the advent, in the advent of our King that ushers in a holy joy that not only exists in eternity, a holy joy that not only exists in the eternity we anticipate, but also is ours now as we wait for our advent into glory. Amen.